Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Firefighting Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sofen. In the Smart Firefighting Podcast, we cover technology and innovation trends across public safety. Here in this mini-series from the recent Innerschutz show at Hanover, Germany in June 2022, we bring you more than 12 episodes from the show floor. We have a lot of amazing speakers, and I'm really excited for all your feedback from this content. I find myself asking everyone to paint a picture in these episodes quite a bit, so bear with me, because it was really hard to fully capture the Innerschutz event in words. A key message that we hear multiple times throughout this podcast is that in order to innovate in public safety, we must ask questions and listen to first responders. We've got two ears and one mouth, so let's use them accordingly. This episode of Smart Firefighting is brought to you by McKenzie Smart Technologies, led by Kirk McKenzie, who is an award-winning smart first responder technologist, providing subject matter expertise, consultancy, strategic partnerships, and project management aimed at digitally enhanced community risk reduction. Visit kirkmckenzie.tech to learn more. In this chat, you're gonna hear from Peter Deckers, who is the Director of Strategic Business Development, First Responder Solutions at Teledyne FLIR. Peter is a joy to chat with. This chat covers many important stories for everyone trying to innovate in public safety. Peter and his team proactively engage with their customers constantly to understand their problems. You'll hear how his team has full-time psychologists on staff to truly understand who, what, when, where, why, how their customers use their technologies. Peter serves as a unique role to translate customer wants with engineering capabilities, something that is much easier said than done. One of the key value props that continues to resonate with me is that FLIR doesn't sell infrared cameras, FLIR sells speed. What do I mean by that? Well, you'll have to listen to find out. And also make sure to check out FLIR.com to learn more. Sitting here in Hanover, Germany at the Innerschutz Show alongside Peter Deckers from Teledyne FLIR. Peter, how are you doing? Hey, Kevin, I'm doing fine. It's, I'm very happy to, uh, to be back at the interviews after seven years. So uh, good seeing you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. It's great to be here. Yeah. For those of us that are listening and not here, not visually here, paint a picture. What's going on here in Germany at the Interschutz show? A lot of noise. So this is actually the, the first time in, in seven years the, the show is again. Eh? So people are eager to go out again and learn what's happening in the, in the market. And especially the past uh, two years in Europe, uh, well, the show also attracts a lot of uh, visitors from uh, Asia, Latin America, US. They want to know what's going on in, in this market. And the good thing about the, the show is that, is that exhibitors are able to show progress in, the, in developments. And um, maybe for a lot of users, it may seem that nothing happened. But companies uh, like the company uh, Fleur I'm working for have not been sitting still. So um, it's a very exciting time to show to the world what we can do to help you to do your job better. Yeah. Well, I love what you, you just phrase that. And I always think about that at shows where after the show, what are you going to do differently on Monday? The ball keeps bouncing and it's not just a matter of sitting still. You must be hungry. You can never be complacent. And I know you and Fleer have done a good job at that. So... For those of us that don't have the fortune of knowing you or have any insight to who is Peter Deckers, uh, tell me about you. Who, what, what is, tell me, what is, what is Peter? Who is Peter? Um, and tell me about your role at FLIR. Yeah. So uh, I'm Peter. I'm from the Netherlands. 
Europe and I'm the uh, global business development manager for fire and uh, law enforcement for uh, at uh, Fleur Systems. So my role at, uh, at Fleur is to look what the customer really needs and uh, make the translation and work with our design and development uh, part of the organization and basically go out to the market to a show like this, the Intershoots or the FDSC and talk to customers and find out what are their challenges? How can we help them to do their work better with the technology we master? And that is uh, thermal technology. So I'm kind of, uh, how you may call it, uh, a bridge between uh, you as firefighter and us as supplier of technology and make sure that uh, we convert that technology to, do, uh, to, to something you can do and help you to do your job better, quicker, faster, more efficient, not only for yourself, but also for the community you serve. Peter, we are more alike than I realized. Mm -hmm. I feel like when people ask what I do with my role at Darley, mm -hmm. I often say, I work with engineers that try and overcomplicate stuff and firefighters that want a red or a green button. So mm -hmm. translating between what the market really wants, what the engineering capabilities can provide, and bringing something to the market that after talking with first responders and knowing what are your pain points, what are your challenges, how do we take, take technology and really make it purpose-built yeah, so it yeah. actually serves your needs? Yeah, and you touch on a very important point, and that's also where I'm involved in. So right now we are actually entering a new phase. And so we are still kind of in the analog phase uh, area, and we're moving to the digital one. And the thing is, with technology, the, the, the cloud analytics, algorithms, AI, you can do so much. So on one side, there are a lot of technical possibilities, but on the other hand, you would like to make sure that the user will not see that complexity of the technology. So the challenge for us is to really start implementing those new techniques, connectivity, cloud, AI, but make it much easier for the user to work with. And that's the biggest challenge we have, because as you mentioned, if you leave it up to engineers, they think about all the, the brightest ideas, but sometimes it can be too much for a human to process, especially in, in the fire condition. You have to act quick, there's a lot of stress. You have to find that, uh, that, that person in that building. You are very concerned about uh, your uh, fellow firemen also not getting uh, hurt. Uh, you don't have time to think about how a tool will work with you. And that's how kind of our, our, our job is to, uh, okay, how can we pack all these very exciting technologies which can help you to do your job better and pack it in a way you can uh, easily uh, use it. And that's a real challenge right now because things can easily get uh, overly complicated. Huh? There's so much fire in that. And I, I totally agree of these ideas are great, but the execution of making it purpose-built for the first responder is so critical. And think about once you really spend time with the first responder and understand what their, their job is like, the amount of different factors trying to steal their attention during their job is crazy. And so we need to th continue to think about how do we reduce the cognitive load on the first responders when they're on the job so they can focus on the task at hand. They can't be thinking about troubleshooting or fixing something or deciphering data or charging something like, it just needs to be simple, it needs to work. It needs to, as you talked about, find efficiencies. And Teledyne Fleer, being the thermal company, Thermal has 
really changed the fire industry. And I'd love to kind of know from you, give me some context on the history of thermal from where it started. Because I remember people always talked about they were, it was like a, a big box, the first ones that were $50,000 that didn't really work. Um, and now it's quite different. Paint a picture on the therm- history of thermal and where we are today and what that, what that means for fire and law. Yeah, so the thermal technology or the IR, the, that infrared, that part has been discovered uh, a few hundred years ago. Actually, around the Korean War, the military started to use that uh, technology. And at, at the time, it was very advanced and expensive and big and bulky, not compared well, to what it is today. For firefighting, actually, the, there was a big incident on the Navy vessel in, in the UK in the uh, 1980s, where a lot of Navy... Uh, crew members lost a life and that sparked uh, the uh, society to, to, uh, and the industry and the government, the public to have some tools for, uh, to prevent these things to happen again. And that actually started with the development of, at the time, big and bulky uh, thermal cameras. Because with a thermal camera, you can not only see in total darkness, but you can also see through smoke. So looking back, about 25 to 30 years, it all started in the, in the fire industry. But its um, technology was new to a lot of uh, mm-hmm. companies, so, and a lot of uh, research institutes. So there has been a lot of research done over time. And since the benefit of thermal is so obviously for the, for the application, firefighting, yeah, seeing through smoke, seeing a total darkness, a lot of effort has been uh, put in. At the same time, there were also development projects in other industries, which helped basically to get more research going into thermal uh, technology, which in the end helped to advance the technology, but also helped to go the, the cost down. So right now we are at a uh, fairly good level as far as, as cost and the technology, the output of, of a thermal camera. So that makes it right now affordable for yeah, most fire departments. Uh, it's, it still has a price tag, but I think the thing you get back from it, the, the vision, it's a wise investment. You talked about seeing through smoke, finding hotspots, and that's all cool and all. Tell me from the, the first responder perspective, fire law, what does having, what is the true value of the thermal? Like, it's not, yes, it's seeing through smoke, yes, it's finding heat, but what does now having a purpose-built smaller, affordable, rugged, thermal. What does that allow them to do now from a capability and operation standpoint? Yeah, basically from an operation standpoint, it is speed. Yeah, so in an uh, emergency fire situation, every second counts. And with thermal, you gain so much speed because you are able to navigate much quicker. You are able to identify hazards much quicker. You are able to find persons or maybe animals much quicker. So the key thing is speed. And, you know, without uh, thermal for firefighting, you know, you need to kind of, you, you, the wall or the, the hose is your GPS. Ah, and that takes time and you lose seconds by crawling over the floor, touching the, the wall, not having vision. But with thermal, you, you gain time and, and, and that's it. The faster, the, the better. That's basically what we are selling. You're selling speed. speed. Yeah. You're not selling thermal cameras. No, we're selling speed. Yeah? Wow. We, we are, you're buying time. 
I couldn't say it any better myself, and thank you for wording it. I also had never heard of the concept, the hose being your GPS. And that is another concept of location when you're in the building, first into the commanders, knowing where your first responders are, or first responders in the building, knowing their exit escape plan, especially in a smoke-filled room. Correct, yeah. And that makes it very exciting for us because uh, we are now part of the uh, Teledyne uh, family. And Teledyne makes anything from tiny microphones to underwater robots all the way to uh, very advanced uh, satellite uh, images. It also gives us access to technology which uh, we did not previously uh, would even think about wow. because it was too far away for us. It seems like it's a really good partnership. No, ab absolutely, absolutely. Because as you mentioned, Kevin, navigation in a building is a challenge. Eh? So, okay. The person with the, the with the camera, he has this, this visibility, but your chief outside, he wants to know where you are, eh? because there's also some sort of accountability. If the chief outside needs to send in extra troops inside, he needs to know where you are, because you are the eyes, and uh, localization is, is very important. So, uh, so hopefully over time, eh, because it's very challenging in uh, to uh, to have proper communication and, uh, and streaming in, in buildings. Definitely something, a technology which is which we are exploring inside the, the uh, Teledyne organization. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. And kudos to you and the entire organization and the commitment and passion you have mm -hmm. towards innovation and bringing speed to first responders. Mm -hmm. What would your message be to fellow entrepreneurs and innovators, people that are thinking about getting involved with technology in the fire service, trying to collaborate with Teledyne FLIR, what would be your message to them? Well, it's actually, um, I think, very, very simple. And that's something I think we forget to do in a lot of cases in our daily life. And I have to correct myself as well, is to listen to customers how are you, and users, how they, they use it. So listening is, is the key one. And if you are an entrepreneur or kind of an, a technology company like this, we would like to explore and test and prototype things um, which can help that problem to be solved and give it an extra dimension. So don't think that you have the answer. Listen to the customer and experiment with tiny things. Okay, well, is this the right direction we should do? But don't overcomplicate things and really try to analyze what is the issue. What is the problem to be solved? I asked the same question to Dr. Lori Mormero mm -hmm. the other day, and she said mm -hmm. the exact same thing. She said, you have two ears and one mouth. Use yeah. them accordingly. And that's the reason why I'm so excited about the institutes, but also the FDSC back in, in April. You talk to, to customers, and they tell real-time stories about, okay, what, what happened? What did I like? What didn't I like? I wish I could do this, because that would help me there, doing that. And then you start thinking, and then... And it's us as a smell factor. It gives us kind of an uh, also a challenge. Okay, well, this customer had this uh, this challenge. How can we, with our technology, help this this person and also other uh, users? So that's the reason why I like shows like this mm. because you talk to the user. You, of course, we also talk to uh, a lot of other people in in the chain. But having that direct communication with the, with the user is so much important. Critically important. So it's June 2022, we're here at Innerschutz. What are you most excited about 
moving forward, next six months, six years, what is Peter excited about? Well, actually, it's the most exciting moment is, is that we are transitioning really from a uh, standard hardware age to a kind of solution-based. So traditionally, you bought, in our case, you would use a thermal camera. You would consider that a tool. The challenge we are having right now, and that's, I think, what you will see from us, but also our, our colleague manufacturers, is that we are not selling the hardware, but we are selling a decision tool. So it will take over some of the uh, analysis on how to best approach a fire or rescue a person. Because we also understand, and that's also what we learn when talking to, uh, to people here, is that there's so much overload of information getting to you, so much stress. There's a lot of pressure, there's physical impact because of uh, heat and, uh, and so on. We would like to offload the brains of the user. And I think in the coming years, you're going to, to see that. So right now, it's the, a, a thermal camera or any tool is as good as a user. And I we would like, to, our, we like to help with our technology to uh, help that person make better decisions. So he can focus on other things. I have two full pages of notes of all the things that you're talking about. And I really could continue to keep going on longer. But one thing you said, and I don't know if I'm inspired by it, but also terrified, the idea of offloading the brain of the user. And in a sense, I'm like always thinking, gosh, are we, are we just entering the matrix in certain ways of how digital we're becoming? But I think in the context of first responders, it's allowing the first responder on the scene to focus on the task at hand. Yeah. Yeah, and you also have to think about it because right now in certain areas you see more and more, as an example, volunteer fire departments and maybe due to the new types of houses which are built, there are less fires. So in certain cases, a firefighter is not exposed to so many fire calls as they have been in, in the past. Or fire departments are, are reduced in, in size. So the pressure on these people, either they have not been exposed to fires that often, or they are simply they have to do the same job uh, which they did in the past with uh, five people, they have to do now with four people. So they, there's much more mental pressure on these persons. So first, in the old, previously you could split it to many more persons, but right now the same job has to be done by, uh, by fewer people. And I think uh, we're all humans, eh? so uh, we have our, our limitations. And the exciting part is that we believe that we can offload some of that pressure on, uh, on your brains. Eh? So I love that we phrase of we are, we are humans, and it's true because yeah. we're flawed, but we're wonderfully flawed. And because our, brain, our brains are an amazing computer, but we can only handle so much. And so that is a, a restraint that can drive innovation of thinking how can we use that restraint as something that we can augment and integrate yeah. aspects of technology to allow, as you've said before, first responders to be better, faster, safer yeah, yeah. in finding these efficiencies. Yeah. yeah, so as an example, if I, uh, I don't want to talk too much about uh, our company, but about the technology. As an example, we have psychologists in our engineering uh, department. So they go out there, psychologists. They're, they're not uh, firefighters, but they, they look at the brain of people, how they, how they move, how they think, 
so they analyze and they go with in, in trials with firefighters and start studying their psychological behavior. And that will help, okay, well, is, there, is that button okay? Is that image okay? Can we do it differently? So it may sound uh, very odd that uh, it's people really think, okay, smart. only, only uh, technical engineers are working for a company like us, but we have psychologists, it's, psychologists it's in our... There's, uh, a, there's a reason why Teledyne Flare is what it is. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is the people-centric nature of your business. Absolutely. And really, and this is a good message to everyone of, Look at what Fleer's doing and how they innovate. And it's truly talking to customers. And I talked to a company a couple weeks ago and I asked, you know, I was, raise your hand if you, if you, any of you first responders, none of them. And then who here has talked to a fire department before? A couple. But my, my challenge to everyone listening and to anyone is just talk to a first responder. Go to your local fire department, police department, knock on their door, talk to them. See if you can look at their fire truck. Think about, ask them what they like to do for fun, what they have for breakfast, what keeps them up at night. And just having those conversations, remembering that we're all humans. We're all, one common thing that we all have is that we're all humans and we're all going to die someday. Yep. Unless we have some... And pay tax. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> death, two things we can't escape, death yeah, and yeah. taxes. <laughs> so, Peter, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I think we could probably go for another hour, but... There are other things to do besides just talk on the Smart Firefighting Podcast. And actually, I shouldn't say that. We should always be talking in the Smart Firefighting Podcast. What is the final message, quote, challenge, mic drop that you could give our listeners here today? So what is important is that um, to know is sometimes you may think, and it's kind of an, uh, that we are out there to go after purely after the business. But I can tell you, from our perspective, we have most of our people in our departments are firefighters as well. And it's the passion. Uh, but if you, uh, the, the key thing I like to relay is we are there to, to help you. And we, since we have work with, uh, since we have our own firefighters in the organization, uh, they gave trust. And we would like to relay that trust over to you. So, don't be afraid in using our technology. Our technology is developed for you. And we continue to do that because we have, as a company, and we have fire, many firefighters in our organization, we have the same passion and drive as you. And uh, we like to help you. And I like to express once more trust our technology because it can save you so much time. And basically, what we mentioned earlier, uh, Kevin, uh, we are selling speed. And I think speed is one of the most crucial uh, dynamics in our world, eh? in, in firefighting. Really well said, Peter. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, You're wish you great rest of your show and safe travels home. Thank you. Likewise. So thank you, uh, Kevin. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Firefighting Podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard and got any value, please drop us a rating, leave us a comment, or reach out to us on social media. Have a great day, and together we can advance the future of smart firefighting.